OTB Sports Rugby. I just remember when Stephen Jones was stepping up to take it, I was there going, oh, we've got this. Had they given it to Gavin Henson, I would have been a lot more worried. Um, <laughs> Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Hey, welcome back. So before we sign off for the evening, we're going to return to the rugby Ireland 32, France 19, uh, being talked really by rugby people the world over as an epic, not just Irish and French fans, but uh, the neutrals blown away by what we saw at the Aviva Stadium yesterday. Very happy to say Grand Slam winner Fiona Hayes is with us. Hello, good afternoon. Hey Joe, how are you? Great. Epic is the word being used to describe this uh, titanic heavyweight tussle. This, uh, that rare thing in life, this lived up to all expectations. Oh, Joe, what a game of rugby. It was so exciting. Probably just a little bit of a lull in the in the early second half, but for the full 80 minutes, it was just nonstop. I think proof of that was, I think there was five scrums all game. Um, France had only one scrum, so they obviously played on a lot of advantage. So it was just end-to-end stuff, an absolute thriller to watch. So enjoyable. Is it proof that we should get rid of scrums from rugby? <laughs> Joe, Joe, <laughs> you can't ask me that. You know Scourge I on it. the game. <laughs> No, but I suppose, look, they, Ireland would have put a lot of effort into that side of the game. And, you know, that's an area we highlighted um, where France would attack, but they just didn't give them the chance to attack that area. As I said, Ireland had four scrums. I think France had one, but Ireland were solid on all their scrums, you know, so they didn't even they didn't get a nudge up in the scrum so it was it was just perfectly balanced but because it was just so open the game and free-flowing rugby it was just the advantage obviously Barnes would call advantage and you see they just continued to work the French weren't trying to get scrums yeah we surprised France didn't try and go after Ireland more in that area yeah it was surprised with their with their great game plan in general um I thought they um kicked a lot of ball away I thought they would have used their big ball carriers a lot more than they did but obviously they had looked at Ireland last week and knew that that internal defense was was quite secure so look it was just exciting rugby it was it was a game I didn't expect to to happen you know everyone thought it was going to be a cracker and normally you're let down by by those games but it was just end-to-end stuff and as I said free-flowing offloading rugby and they seemed to you know the ball went wide a lot and they got great change using Benoud out wide so they, they obviously showed what they can do in, in attack and definitely on turnover ball I think Ireland were at six or sevens in defence at times but they were, Ireland in general were just outstanding Joe for the game I thought Yeah On uh, French tactics so last year in the championship they ran the ball I sorry they kicked the ball kicked the ball totally opposite meaning kicked the ball more than any other side in the championship and Ireland kicked the ball uh, less than any other side it was like France won Ireland 6 for kicks whereas yesterday Ireland kicked the ball from hand more than France so 38 kicks to France's 35 kicks from hand and it was interesting Ron Nagara was on earlier on and he was saying you know you would think that this French team would be free of all criticism but there's like some mumblings in in French media that they they kicked the ball too much and he half wonders if the reason they kicked less and just ran the ball repeatedly was almost to show that well we can run the ball as well as any French team of eras uh, gone uh, by you know of of the past but Mm. it did seem to play into Ireland's hands a touch because it made for this frenetic game ball and play constantly the bigger men probably breathing that bit harder I mean it added to the spectacle but it was kind of striking that France decided not to kick the ball as much as they usually had been 
Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, Joe, as well, like when they did kick the ball, the box kick they got, especially out of Hansen and Murray a couple of times, they did get um, good change in that. I thought maybe at times, like Hansen was exceptional, but I thought under the high ball, they would have targeted him a little bit more because there was a couple of hairy moments. And we know what French can do, their back three, especially when they're, when they're coming onto that box kick and cause great damage. Look, the French, obviously, we know it. They listen to the, the teams, they listen to the media, they're, they're constantly scrutinized and, and you could see that maybe they just changed things up for this game. But obviously, tactic-wise, they, they would have thought the likes of Keenan and obviously uh, the back three were secure and they just wanted to change it up and yeah. try something different. And to be fair, I mean, they were awesome when they ran from deep. It was kind of afterwards, you know, such a frenetic game. You have to remind yourself they only scored one try because they felt a lot more threatening than that. Yeah, that's exactly it. I remember even looking at um, just with it was 32 minutes on the clock and I was like, oh, my God, wow, those guys must be out in their feet. I think like it was just constant phase after phase. They were running at each other, attacking one another. And to think that France only t- scored one try just shows how dangerous they are. But I think it also shows how, how good the Irish defence is because the scramble defence was excellent at times. They were caught out wide. Obviously, they play a system where they come up and then they'll they'll easy out to the touchline. But I, I just thought it was really sharp especially the wingers especially a load of decision making on on when when to make those hits I think there was a big huge moment as well where Doris came up um, and made the hit and then it, it enabled Ireland to, to stop that ball going wide so they just their decision making around that area is really really good uh, This was Irish attack back to what we saw in New Zealand silky smooth going through phases intricacy um, November was a bit more of a grind, but this was vintage stuff, really. I mean, some of the play was sublime. Some of the tries were sublime, be they uh, set plays like the Hugo Keenan one or just players getting their heads up and, and reacting to what they see. Yeah, it's just a, a confident looking team, isn't it? They look like they're they're back in what they're doing at training. Everyone, you know, from the bench that came on, everyone just looks confident. They're they're super to watch some of the tries. I mean, they like that Beelum back inside, um, that little pop pass back inside to Keenan was was just immense. But they you know, obviously Andy Farrell, my cat, they've looked they've looked at how France defends and they saw that there was obviously after a few phases that those pillars tend to, to push out rather than stay in push. And I just think everything they done yesterday seemed to turn to gold. Obviously, there was opportunities. They will be disappointed mm. where they didn't score. But I think the thing that impressed me was the wide variety of tries as well. You know, it wasn't just the power game. They had like 88 gain line carries against the French pack. I mean, that's that's really, really good. So they're getting the goal forward ball, but they're obviously offloading it and that backline attack. And and Johnny going off early in the second half and Ross Byrne being able to come on and Craig Casey as well and pull those strings so it's 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 that kind of confidence that I love seeing these players come onto the bench we're at it we're at a stage now where you're not questioning anything even Tom O'Toole I was thinking okay maybe scrum wise he, he, he might get caught at times but he he anchored that scrum and he was like a machine a wrecking ball going around the pitch his carries were, were so good yeah, yeah and, and, and on that point uh, the, the French physicality which loomed large over the fixture in Paris it didn't seem to dominate yesterday for whatever reason 
No, it didn't. And, you know, that's like France might look at that going forward when playing Ireland again. You know, as I said, I thought they would target them internally. I thought they would have tried their big ball carriers, but they backed their, their, their runners out wide. They want to stick with how they played a rugby. Obviously, as you said, it didn't kick as much as, as they used to, but that's what, that's what this French team are going to do going into World Cup. They're going to try different, you know, ways of playing teams. You know, we know that we have a potential to meet in, in a World Cup, obviously. So they're trying a few things out in the Six Nations. They'll be disappointed, but how outstanding was DuPont? I mean, he's such a player. Ireland couldn't get a hold of him to tackle at times. Like, so they, they have it there and it, it's, it's how they use that and how they change their game plan. And we know they have that big bulk. So it, it's trying to make those connections. And Ireland seems to have nailed down those connections between forwards and backs. We just look like we're enjoying our rugby and how we play. Yeah. Like, there is nothing more stating the obvious than mentioning DuPont, but the guy's a freak. Like, it was oh. just outrageous yesterday. I was sitting watching the game thinking, how is this man, not that he's that small, holding up Connor Murray. That was absolute, like it didn't come down to it, but that could have been a huge moment in the game for France. And to have the strength, to, to we know what he can do in attack. We know his footwork is amazing. His little pops out the back, his offloads. But defensively, to stop Murray going over, I mean, that was absolutely outstanding. Well, the, Mac Hans- shows- the Mac Hansen one, was it? I think it was Hansen. Oh, sorry, yes. Yeah. Uh, wasn't it Murray he held up? No, no he was breaking well, through. There may have been another one, but there was the one where Hansen was about to go over and he yes, just sorry, he got yeah. around and him he, and held him up. Oh, yeah. wow. Like, yeah. even looking at that, just to have that strength, uh, he, he just... He just, he just has a want about him. Um, I remember, I think it was about the 80 or the 78 minute and I, and I was looking at Intermac and there was a loop play he'd done and he just stood and popped it back, you know, and he, did, he seemed to have lost interest, I think, towards the end of the game. It was disappointing looking at that, but you, you have the likes of DuPont and he's fighting for every inch from, from the start of the game to the finish. And I, and I thought he was brilliant yesterday. Yeah. It's outrageous. Uh, Rob Carney in, um, the studio and Virgin, he was saying, it's so rare at this level to have a player on the pitch who's so much better than everyone. It just, you know, it's like it's, it's, it's almost an odd thing to see someone that good in, surrounded by really good players. Uh, not, I mean, Caitlin Doris uh, in one of the papers got a 10 out of 10, not something I've, uh, I've seen in a long time. So, uh, he's one of many Irish players who have just taken off. Um, Keenan's there, Ringrose is there, whoever you care to mention is there, but, mm. it, it's hard to think of a time in Irish rugby where so many players are in such red hot form. Oh, he's in absolute smoke and hot form. I've said before, you know, he's keeping um, a, a Gavin Coons and a Conan out of the team who who are, are men's players. And he's probably the first t- uh, name on the team sheet week in, week out. I mean, he had 16 carries yesterday and they were all gain line. He just got yeah. over that. I mean, he'd 88 metres gain. But it's just his soft hands, you know, for such a big guy, he's able to push, pull the ball out the back. He, he's almost like um, a centre playing in there at times because you can just see he connects with that back line so well and, and and obviously huge turnover as well and he offers you that he's 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 peaking and he's 20 it's hard to think he's 24 years of age yeah. but he's just he's just so good and can only get better and better and he seems to like this regime with Andy Farrell we're seeing this he's getting the best out of him I think I presume it is possible and even likely that they can still be I mean if we use the word peaking they can still be peaking in six months time they, like it's a very sustainable uh, game plan and, and the performances feel sustainable-ish. You know, no one's doing anything too mm. miraculous at the same time. 
Yeah, and look, that's it. It's not like Ireland don't have a certain style of rugby. They're just connections and how they're carrying in their footwork. All that kind of stuff is is top drawer. You know, they've they've worked on that. So it's not like teams can analyse them and say, okay, this is how we can stop Irish attack. Right. We just, the way my cat has done it, he, there's so many options on. And these guys are so comfortable now in picking the man, the correct option. But even if it's not, we can see that guys are, are able to carry, get over the gain line in the set up again so it I, I think it's it's almost like people say oh they're peaking and, and you can watch them and, and you'll be able to defend them I don't think it's, that's the way with this Irish team I think you're constantly seeing different levels of attack you're seeing different types of scores the pack are getting over the gain line we're seeing brilliant connections between Johnny and as I spoke the benches are coming off so everyone seems to be on the same page and you know obviously players in form and we've seen the likes of the, the guys in URC Leinster, Munster, Connacht you know these they're doing well at times as well they're beating especially in, in, in the Heineken up there they're beating those high level teams and that's kicking on now to Ireland and you can see how confident everyone is and how how happy they are that's the thing that that I'm, I'm looking at the smiles on the faces even as the game's going on and mm. James Lowe just brings such energy and when Bundy come on he brought energy so these guys are happy and playing good rugby and I, I don't they don't look like they're under pressure No I suspect a dreadful few days for the Murray family and you wish them all uh, the very best but for Conor Murray on the pitch obviously of lesser importance I'm sure to, to the rest of his life at the moment but on the pitch it's been a really good Six Nations for him and, and probably a, a, a pair of games where he's reminded people that he's not quite done yet and maybe we've all been a bit disrespectful about Murray yeah, and look, and you can understand because you're looking at Munster and you're probably saying Casey seems to be hard, um, starting ahead of him. You know, there's a lot of talk about Murray, you know, how, how he slows the game down and people want to see quick rugby and Gibson Park can get that ball out quick. I thought Murray uh, against Wales in particular was exceptional with moving that speed of the ball. But I think what people forget is there are times in the game when you need to slow it down and his he's box kicking was pinpoint and just his defence, obviously he was pushed off a couple of tackles by DuPont, yeah. but he, he he just, you know, for, for a week that's, that's in it, it shows the absolute mentality of him to be able to go out there and put in a performance like that. And, you know, he, he, he got God, he's standing applause coming off the pitch, which was uh, exactly what he needed, you know, and deserved. But I, I, I think with Murray, there's, there's, you know, people are watching quick rugby, you're watching Leinster, you see the, the, the clean outs and the ball being moved. But, but it's, it's, he offers a different type of nine and the speed of the game in both games, especially the Welsh game in particular, I thought he absolutely moved the ball about and he's, he's box kicking, box kicking was absolute precise at times as well. Yeah. Ross Byrne plays half an hour. We're seeing a remarkable turnaround in his career here. He now feels almost borderline rubber stamped as the number two at the moment. Yeah, and it's funny. I was even, you know, Johnny went off. You're thinking, oh my god, against the French team is this too early? And yeah. and I, and Murray looked like he was tiring as well. So you you knew that he was probably going to be taken off shortly after. And you were going to have Ross Byrne and Craig Casey, who who probably haven't played an awful lot of Test rugby. But Ross Byrne is. A calm man. You could see it. He just came on. He pulled the strings. We know what he can do from the tee, but I thought he controlled the game excellently as well yesterday. He knew when to slow the ball down. He knew to, to get the pack moving. And that's what Sexton does for this Irish team. And obviously Ross Byrne has got a confidence now. And with Johnny gone off, 
you know, you're, he's after really proving himself with this game. He was able to control. He wasn't too deep. He came up, he played on the game line when he needed to. So I think he's definitely expanded his whole game. Mm. But he just looks, as I said, he looks happy and he looks like he's enjoying his rugby. And I think that's the main thing. I did, uh, I must I must confess, I did at one point yesterday, I think, got poor Joey Carberry. Like, sport is so cruel. Somewhere in Limerick right now, he's watching that game and it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal, but you know what, Joe, it is... It, that's just the nature of it and unfortunate for him you know he's been told what the what the thing is as well what the sad thing is you can be told to go away and work on something as a player and no matter how hard he works on that it might matter now because Ross Byrne has now got that jersey and he's mm. now in the hot seat so it's if he's playing good rugby you can't take it away from him no matter how Joey plays so it's unfortunate but look he was given his chance and, and I'm sure it's been spoken about loads of times and spoken about Um, but Ross Byrne ha- offered and has proved himself now in the last couple of games and we'll see there's a couple a Scottish game in particular is going to yeah. be huge for, for, for Ireland going forward and you know a lot of people think England but I, I think this Scottish team we saw what they were like yesterday but I, I, I think the more game time Ross Byrne gets he'll start to he'll really nail his spot and I think he's he's definitely the number two at the minute and playing like that uh, Four years ago when Sexton said he was going to try and make the next World Cup and everyone laughed and he basically said no I'm serious if if at that moment we'd been shown an image of 2023 and Johnny Sexton sprinting up the left wing and playing the most <laughs> sublime pass into space for Doris to hit, then getting smashed off the ball and getting back up again, I think just our heads would explode. But somehow here we are. I know. I was looking going, is that really him running up the wing? I Watch your hamstrings. It. Watch your hamstrings. <laughs> yeah. Don't do anything crazy. <laughs> and to not even kick it to... To, to pass it back in I was thinking he's surely going to uh, grubber this through but beautiful packing uh, pass back inside and with that pass he obviously left himself open to get nailed as well but look he I think he looked tired you know definitely he took a few big hits there was a few um borderline we'll say yeah. uh, late hits on him and he knows he's getting them but I think Andy Farrell it was obviously he, he was saying it was his grind that was at him but I think they're 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 managing him correctly as well the minute you see something isn't right with him they're taking him off and you know we, we might see changes in the next game we might see a, a couple of guys get, get a run out but he's definitely he he's he's in the he's just playing and you're going how I know when I was that age I could barely move but you know when when a team is confident and when good rugby's happening it, it's very it's very easy to kind of buy into that as a player as well and he knows how important he is to this team yeah uh, like is there any glaring might be too strong a word but is there any weakness about the Irish performance yesterday that you could say yeah they're definitely going to have to work on that. No, I thought obviously on broken play, Joe, you, you would look at sometimes, you know, and it, it was amazing, as you said, how France didn't score more tries, but kind of on broken play, they'll have to look at maybe, um, I thought at times some of the shots were too high. Um, when, when the ball was spilled or anything, when they were scrambling to get back into that defensive line, we saw DuPont. He was, I know his footwork and as I said, Damien Paynard as well has, has just immense feet, but they were, sometimes we were caught tackling too high and, and we missed a couple and fell off a couple of shots. So I'm sure they look at that and on that quick transition of when there is turnover ball trying to get back into that defensive system. But that's just something very, very minor. Um, I thought, you know, defensively they were, 
they were making big hits. There was huge double hits going in there. Um, and they looked organized. And, and, and as I said, they were giving France the wit. They were saying attack us out there and their scramble defense then to get out there was, was on the money. Couple of, um, areas they might have another look at as well is maybe the high ball. Um, I think they got away with a couple that Barnes didn't call knock-ons when it was probably when we were going up to catch the high ball. But that's just uh, that level, you know, that's just nitpicking saying yeah. that. But they definitely, there was a couple of times I think they, they, they targeted Hansen and maybe getting a bit of support with him when they're, when, when they're getting, when he's under that box kick. Speaking of high shots, Uni Antonio mm. uh, received his yellow card. Rob Herring failed his HIA. I would say as, as uh, the hours go by and, and nearly, you know, 24 hours on, uh, there's a lot of focus on Wayne Barnes and his decision making. What was your read on on how it all unfolded? Look, it's 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 a tough one, isn't it? You have to kind of back the officials. Um, when I was watching it in real time, um, I thought, okay, it's probably not. I didn't think it was bad, but obviously when they when they slow it down and you see the impact, um, there was no mitigating circumstances. If we're honest, Joe, here it was it was basically a high shot and it was connection to the head. So I think the issue, and, and we've said this, and it's probably every, every other pundit is saying as well. I think the massive issue is the inconsistency about how do you level, you know, how is that not high end damage when a player has to go off, fail a HIA and he's gone, you know, so they, so I think it's world rugby need to come up with. Wim Barnes obviously thought that it was a low level, you know, that it wasn't that high level of danger. And that's why he gave the yellow because obviously there was connection to the head and he can see that but it's getting that consistency and I think that's what basically is wrong with the fans yeah. at the minute it's, it's a red one week and it's a yellow next week which is unfair but there are also four officials making a decision on this Yeah, you I, know the TMO is looking at it how can he not call it well, immediately yeah, yeah. I, I had felt maybe somewhere last year I was starting to really get to grips with what yeah. was red and what wasn't it's this year the the waters have been muddied. Like and uh, you know, starting with the the Keen Healy one, it's red and then it's rescinded. Yeah. And there was a, there were a couple around that time, and I I feel like the referees are using more interpretation now. And it was a bit more zero tolerance mm. tolerance maybe last season. I kind of think well, if if you'd stuck with the zero tolerance, mm. you might have uh, encouraged a change of behaviour. You know, this year, but now you've gone and said actually. Well, maybe you can get away with a few more than you yep. might have previously. So I, I think they've actually created a, a tricky situation for themselves. I think you're on the money there. There was definitely last year in particular, you know, the guy, teams were going down to 13 men and it was just literally straight red characters, connection to the head. That's the end of it. Yeah. That's clear and that's concise. And we know that. Obviously, you know, they've taken maybe some stick or some pressure yeah. from the fans saying that, you know, oh God, like Robbie's gone so this way, so soft, whatever people are saying. And and now they're trying to look at that level of danger. But I think it's very, very hard for someone, especially Wayne Barnes, I think in particular, the TMO is different. He he can see that over and over again before he even shows it to Wayne Barnes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think for the referee to make that decision, it, it's very, very hard on them. So I, I, I agree with you. I think the, the total behaviour after a season or two seasons, and teams were going down to 13, 12 men, you definitely start to change your behaviour then yeah. and there's pressure on the coaching staff, whereas it's after taking a step back now and as you said, they're getting away with a couple, they're off for 10 minutes and it's back on. So they either need to go one way or the other, I think, with this. So final thoughts, uh, we'll, we'll park World Cup chat for now because it's just yeah. impossible. But in the short term, Rome after a gap week, another gap week, and then Murrayfield and England come to Dublin. I mean, mm-hmm. like the Ireland have three Grand Slams in their history. They're not to be sniffed at. 
uh, you know, I mean, you've won one, you know, like it's a lovely thing to have for the rest of your life. The players will know that. Mm. It's Johnny Sexton's last game in Dublin in a, in a proper competitive match. You don't attempt fate. You've got to feel they've done the hard part here. You do. And to be honest with you, Joe, I'm still living off that grand Samic. I have a copper's goal card that gets me into <laughs> coppers uh, whenever I'm up in Dublin. So I'm <laughs> delighted with that. But look, no, I think this is the thing. I, I'm looking at this team and I, they, they seem to be focused on every single game. They, they don't, they're not looking at a Grand Slam. And I firmly believe Andy Farrell when he says that they're not looking at the World Cup. They're so focused on these games. France was, it was huge. Obviously, England, we'll see more today later on how they're playing last week. Didn't really offer much. I won't be too worried about them. Um, I think it will be good. I think Italy, there could be a couple of changes. Get a guy's uh, two weeks rest. You know what I mean? You could, the likes of Johnny depending on his injury. It'd be good to change things up. Not completely, obviously, but get, get a couple of guys rest. So I think if, if you can rest a few guys, then you've two weeks and they're going into this, this Scottish game is going to be absolutely huge. Yeah. Murrayfield is the one of the hardest places to go to and get the win. And, you know, People spoke about before, you know, about Scottish consistency. They've nailed it. They've nailed it in the first two games. You know, we, we saw them against against Wales. Finn Russell is pulling the strings. They're absolutely immense at the minute. Yeah. Um, and that will be the, the biggest test, I think. I think Italy, obviously, we know what they can offer. I think we'll be able to make a couple of changes and still be able to control that game. Um, Scotland will be huge. And then I think if we can get over that line, I think you're definitely looking at a, a grand slam on, on home soil. Yeah, which would be quite something. What a finish that'll be for Sexton in Dublin as well. I know it's not all about him, but no, I, and he was crying and everything before the yeah. game. I, I was wondering what was. Um, I think did it, I, I missed the interview afterwards? But did he come out and say that um, that Brian O'Driscoll and Doyle went into the changing room and it was something that they had said that? Yeah, they were. They were talking. Yeah, they were talking about the um, the documentary, obviously on on yes. the four provinces and 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 those players from the north who've played, and uh, I think the doc. Irwin, who was um, at the the awful car crash in '87, yes. went in as well and spoke to the players. And apparently, James right. Ryan, who's, who's studied his history, got up and, and spoke. And, and so, yeah, it was noticeable that it was when it was Ireland's call, as opposed to Aaron Levine, that Sexton welled yeah. up. And initially, I thought, watching it, is he is he getting welled up? Because like the end, the finish line is so near. And <laughs> yeah, that's thinking, what I was thinking about. God, it. I was it's my second last game, game yeah. and you know all this. But no, yeah. apparently, it was it was connected more so with um, the, the conversations in camp well, on the on the Monday. So even like even that your headspace is there is kind of amazing. If you're like the you know you'd be inclined to be, be be forgiven for being selfish and saying, well, that was Monday. Here I am on Saturday. Yeah. But apparently, it, it struck him during Ireland's call. So. Oh, that's, that's uh, yeah, class. kind of amazing, really. Uh, we will leave it there. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joe. Cheers. Fiona Hayes with us. Our rugby coverage and off the ball is with thanks to Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Rugby on off the ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.